Hey, welcome to Church Experience Online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you're watching this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please feel free to contact us by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go to get access to helpful growth step resources. Join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear a Church Experience Worship original song. We hope this gives you time to worship and reflect on what you've just learned. Thanks again for joining Church Experience Online. Any solo travelers, any parties of one, that's what the guy said at the front of the line. We took our first trip this last week to Disney. Our kids have never been, and man, it was a great time, but we get to the front of the line, and they're all excited, and, and we're a party of six, so we got to wait till they have a spot for us, uh, you know, to fit on, on the ride, but, but parties of one, parties of one, any solo travelers, the man said, and as he said, I, I couldn't help but think about you. I couldn't help but think about us and what we're talking about in this teaching series, Not Alone. You know, you, you were not meant to do life alone. You were not meant to be a solo traveler. You, you weren't meant to be a party of one. You can't even have a party with one, right? I mean, you, you have to have more than one person to have a real party, right? And, and so the idea of being a solo traveler, it's just, it's not what God intended. He, he intended for you to be in community. With other people who are also following Jesus, who, who love Jesus and love you. You weren't meant to be alone. In fact, we've been talking about in this series how your life, your life is one better relationship away from a better life. Think about the power of that. That you're one better relationship away from a better life. A relationship you have now that gets better. Or a new relationship that God brings into your life. You are not meant to do life alone. And, and, and we're better together. Right? That's what we've been talking about. That we're, we're better together. When you have other believers in your life that can encourage you and strengthen you and lift you up. And, and man, Tim, I loved hearing your story today, man. Fires me up. And, and the part of the story that didn't make the video, I, got, I wasn't really planning on telling this, but I got to tell, man, when I, I love, I will never forget the day you walked out after that first service here and that connection and seeing this, this Marine guy walking out, all tatted up, big dude. And he, he pulls me aside. I'm like, is this guy going to hurt me? You know, it's, it's like a new church. You don't know. It's like, what, what's he going to say? You know, maybe he didn't like what we said. I don't know. And he pulls me aside. He's like, and he said real positive word. I, I like that service. I'm going to come back. I think, I think he threw a cuss word in there, to be honest. And, and he just, I don't know. Maybe not. He's saying it. I don't know. It was, man, it was. It was this moment, and I was like, man, that's, this is why we're here, man. And, and Tim, you, I've seen you grow. I'm so proud of you and all that God's done in your life and who you and BJ are, man. It's just awesome. Yeah, God, God's at work, man. 
But we're, we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to be in community and a part of a church. And, and God's alive and he's working and he's changing us as, as we follow Jesus. But you weren't meant to follow Jesus alone. We're meant to follow him together. And, and today I want, I want to preach on a passage that, uh, from Scripture that, that I, I've, and all the years I've preached, I've never preached on this passage before. And I don't know how I, I, I never preached on this specific passage. I think because it's, it's right around the, the resurrection story of Jesus. And so you know how the big things always get your attention and, you know, you're reading about the story of Jesus and you, you read about the crucifixion, you know, and, and, and how, the fact that he died for us and, you know, and, and everything leading up to the crucifixion, you know, and, 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 then, and then everything afterwards, that he's alive, he rose from the grave, he conquered our sin and he ascended into heaven, he's coming back, all that, all that stuff gets your attention. But there's a little story tucked inside the resurrection story, right before the resurrection, right after he is nailed to the cross. And it happens, and it's a story about, about three guys. Jesus is one of them, and there's two other guys. It's, it's the guys hanging on the cross to his left and to his right. And then these guys deserve to be there, right? I mean, they were criminals. They, they had been prosecuted, and now they were being executed for their crimes. This is what the, the Roman government decided. It was, it was a law. They broke the law. They're hanging there. Only one of the three did not deserve to be there, and that was Jesus. He was innocent. He never sinned. The only one who's never sinned. And yet he's hanging there between two criminals. And one Bible commentator I read said that the fact that he was center between the two other criminals, they were trying to put him on display as he was the worst of the three. And, and he's, he's there hanging, being singled out as the worst and, and dying in the worst way that you could die. And they chose that very painful, very public way for him to die on the cross. And there he is. The sinless savior, the king of the universe, hanging on a cross between two criminals. And there's a conversation that happens on a cross. I was with a, a gathering of pastors recently, and uh, one of my friends, uh, Pastor Matt Leroy, he was teaching this group, and he gave us all crosses. And I'm going to hold on to this, I don't know, maybe forever, but I'm going to hold on to this thing for a long time. And this cross, he said, you know, is, is Jesus hung on the cross it's amazing to us what happened, and we hold up the cross as this symbol of our faith. But he says, you know, you realize that that cross was, was meant to be the symbol that put down a revolution. The cross was meant to stop a revolt. The, the cross was meant to stop a movement. But now we hold up the cross as the symbol of our movement, of what Jesus has done, who he is, and, and how he changes our lives. And, and the cross for us is this sign of a savior. But for them, it was a cross it was a cross that was meant for punishment, a cross that was meant for pain. For, for criminals that have been prosecuted and or they were being executed. But for us, it's a, it's a symbol of our Savior and all that he saved us from. And, and there he is. He's hanging on this powerful cross. He's, he's hanging between two criminals. And, and in Luke chapter 23, verse 39, this, this conversation begins. And one of the criminals, one of, one of, the, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. He said, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. So if you are who you say you are, save us. But the other criminal, the, the criminal on his other side, rebuked him, rebuked the first one, and he says, don't you fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence, you know, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. What a, what a clear description of the gospel to own your own sin. And they're saying, you know, we're getting what we deserve. And he says, but this man, but this man ha has done nothing wrong. You know, leave, leave him alone. 
And, and, and here you have two criminals. You have one insulting the Savior and one standing up for him. Two criminals, both deserving of their death. One acknowledging that he deserves it, but say, hey, don't, don't, don't pick on him. You know, we, we, we choose who we get close to in life, but we don't always choose who's in our life. And Jesus was hanging there between these two criminals. It could have been anybody, but it happened to be these two. And you don't always choose who's in your extended family. You don't always choose who you sit next to in a class. You don't choose your coworkers or your boss. You don't typically choose your neighbors, the strangers that come into your life, the people who serve you and that we serve. You know, people just come into our life and, you know, we, we don't choose how they interact with us. Some, some people interact in, in a way that's positive toward us. They encourage us. They build us up. Others interact in a way towards us that's very negative. Some respect, some disrespect. We don't choose those things. However, we do choose what we do in every moment. We, we, we choose that. One of the criminals, one of the criminals insulted him, verse 39, but the other criminal rebuked him, verse 40. So, so, so one, one insulted, one rebuked the other one that was insulting. So one stood up for Jesus, one insulted Jesus. Both had different responses. Same situation, different response, and very different eternal consequence for these two guys from everything we know in Scripture. Two people responded very differently. Every relationship you're in has a response. In fact, every day in your life has a decision. Every moment has a choice. Write that down. That's in your notes. Every moment has a choice. I titled this message Moments because I think when it comes to relationships, we've been talking about that in this teaching series, the moments are what matters. I mean, that's where life is. It's in the moments. We, we tend to think in broad strokes of who's in my life and, and, and long-term, big-picture stuff. But, but the relationship happens in the moments, in the daily moments, in those conversations, in those interactions. And we don't always choose those people in our life, but, but you have a choice in the moment on how you're going to interact and what you're going to do. And, and here, these two guys were around Jesus, and, and they both had different responses. One was positive, one was negative, but they, they both choose they both chose how they interacted. Every moment has a choice. Some choices have unbelievable eternal consequences. It was May 1934. 15-year-old named Billy. After school, he's with a hired hand on his father's farm. Two of them are out pitching hay to the mules. And on the other side of the barn that they were working next to, they hear... What sounds like a, like a prayer, worship service, something going on, and, you know, hired hands like, what, what's that commotion? And Billy, whose parents are on the farm, and they were committed believers, he said, ah, probably some fanatics that my parents let use the farm today. It's, not, it's nothing. I, you know, I ain't part of that. But little did little Billy know that in that specific prayer meeting, that he, as a 15-year-old, would grow up and be the answer to one of the prayers that they were praying because in that specific prayer meeting, there was a guy named Vernon Patterson who was a salesman. And his specific prayer that day is he said he prayed that God would raise up someone from Charlotte, North Carolina, to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. And he didn't know he was praying for a little Billy Graham that would go on to preach to millions. And he just passed away, 99 years old. And, man, he gave those 99 for the, the lost of, of Christ, and, and, and he was a great evangelist. But, but Vernon didn't know he was praying for a little Billy. He was on the other side of the barn when he was praying, but he was saying, God, I believe, and I'm praying that you do something special. 
It was September 1934, an evangelist named Mordecai Ham. He came to preach in the Charlotte area, and he did like an 11-week crusade. And little Billy growing up around, he's like, you know, I don't want any part of that. He didn't want to go. But, but Mordecai Ham, he, he was known for being a little bit of a controversial preacher, and he would go after the sins of the community that he was preaching in. And, and, and there was kind of this word out that, that he had kind of identified this house across from the street of the school that Billy attended where there was some immorality happening from these high schoolers that were a part of this and they would go over to that, that school, the house across the street from the school. And so the, the word was that he was going to confront that in his messages and that some of the students from the high school were going to come and protest at the revival meeting. And so this... You know, after a few weeks or a few days of the crusade and, and Billy's like not sure he really wants to go. And, and he hears about this controversy. And he, and he heard someone reference Bill, or, or this, this preacher, Mordecai Ham. He heard him reference him as the fighting preacher. It, it piqued Billy's interest. He's like, the fighting preacher, this controversy. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to check it out. He wasn't sure he was going to go, but he had a friend. And, and his friend, Albert McMacken, literally said to him, why don't you come and hear about our fighting preacher and and that that pushed him over the edge especially when Mackin said Billy I'll let you drive my dairy truck to the meetings and this young guy he gets to drive he's like okay I'm in and and he showed up and his life was changed you know the decision to pray for somebody that maybe others would say is unreachable that moment can change someone's life the decision to invite somebody to uh, attend with you a service about Jesus could have a huge implication in their life. You know, every day has a decision, and this one had huge consequences for millions of people. But every relationship you have, the salesman that prayed, this friend, McMacken, that invited a friend that he knew, hey, why don't you come with me? You can even drive the car. Like, you have no idea those moments that can make an impact in people's lives. Every, every day has a decision. Right? Every relationship has a response. You don't always choose the people you are around, but you choose your reactions. You choose your interactions. You choose what you say and what you do and how you pray. You know, they say that you were not born a winner and you're not born a, a loser. You're born a chooser. And those two criminals, man, they, they made a choice. They were around Jesus. They were as close as you could get to the Savior, and they needed saving. One of them knew it, and he said it, and he defended Jesus. The other one just threw insults at him. Every, every moment has a decision, and if you were to assess how much you value the average day, the average moment in your life by the activities in your life, I would imagine that some people would look at us and say that we, we think those moments are not valuable. When, when they see us endlessly scrolling through social media or endlessly reading the next article or playing that game or wasting that time in that hobby or that addiction or that thing and, and it's like it just it just pulls us in and our time is wasted and we're even around people and we don't even know that they're there because we're so consumed with the busyness that is modern life you know the, they say that the average life expectancy in America is around 80 years old it depends on your gender and a lot of other factors in your health history but they say on average it's around 80 years times 365 days is 29,200 days 
you don't remember probably the first fifth of them because you were so young, but, but man, you, you have like such a limited amount of days, and that's if everything goes well, and that's if there's no car accidents, and if, that's if there's no cancers, but even if you live to be a great 80 plus years, 29,000 days, that's a very limited amount of time we have here on this planet, and we're so excited about eternity and forever and following Jesus, and, and all that is like where we're headed, but now is a moment in time that you don't get to do over. Every moment matters. Every day has a decision. Every moment has a response. And this is our time. This is the day God has given us. This is the day. I will rejoice in this day. I will choose to be my best this day for God, for his kingdom. So choose to love. Choose to care about the one. We say often here at Church Experience, everyone matters. Not everyone matters. Every one matters. Because every life matters. Every one matters. Because every person matters to God. And if you would start to see people in your life like God sees them, like he saw little Billy that had no interest in what was going on, if you could see the people in your life, not just the young next generation, but the people around you, the people over you, the people beside you, and if you could see them like God sees them, if you could see those moments as they matter like they do with eternal consequence, then you would start to live in a way that's so adventure-filled, exciting, and filled with God activity. Whether you see it day to day or not, just knowing that you're a part of something that God is doing because every moment matters, every person matters, and God wants to use us. The story goes on in Luke 23. The criminals are hanging there. One's insulting, one's defending. Verse 42. Then he said... The one that was defending Jesus, he goes on, he says, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Don't forget about me. <laughs> I had your back, Jesus. You, you get mine, right? I mean, I, I've sinned. I'm owning it. I, I know what I did. But Jesus, when, when you're up in, in, in your throne, when, when you're up in your kingdom, just don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. I, I had you. So, you know, give me, right? He's like, he's, he's standing up for Jesus and he's asking Jesus to not forget him and, and what, what he did for Jesus in that moment. And, you know, there's, there's power to see a changed life and to see this man, this criminal who had a past. We don't know all the details, but we know he was hanging there for a reason. He owned it. He admitted it. But, you know, there's, there's power despite Jesus' pain, you know, he's, what he's going through. His presence is there despite this criminal's past. I mean, his love, his compassion is exuding from him. And you might think that life consists mostly of unimportant moments. And that real life, that the epic moments is like real life. Those mountaintop experiences and, and those great moments of celebration. You know, it might be a promotion. It might be a highlight. It might be a vacation. It might be a party. Like that moment. You might think that that's where real life is. But the truth is, the more I go on as I see that real life is in those daily moments, the moments that you and I miss. But if we could start to see the moments as God sees them as divine opportunities, man, then God could get so much more glory out of our lives. He's hanging on a cross, he's dying, and this guy's life's being changed. Jesus, don't forget me when you come into your kingdom. I'm deserving of my sin. You're not. God, I'm with you. Jesus, I'm with you. His life's being changed in a moment of pain, in a moment of chaos. God's working in this, this moment that we so often miss between Jesus being hoisted up on a cross and then when he comes back from the grave, this, this little story that God purposefully tucked in the scripture for us to know and remember 
that, man, every life matters, and, and no one's too far gone, and it's never too late, and God can do great things in any moment, and every moment matters in your life. This is not just for Jesus to change lives in a moment. He wants to use you. And it's not just for epic stories that we read about looking backwards and how Billy's life was changed because one friend invited him. Listen, a lot of people have invited a friend, and that friend said no. And Jesus was perfect, and two criminals, only one of them responded, and he was perfect. You and I are not perfect. So when we give up and we say, well, it doesn't, my life doesn't matter that much. My conversations don't matter. My relationships don't matter. I, mean, I tried, you know, to be a light in the darkness, and <laughs> the darkness won, you know. No, 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 no. Not everyone's going to respond. But, man, that, for that one that does... Everyone matters in every moment. It just, it, it really does, it matters. You could in any moment, a moment that you might otherwise overlook, you could deposit life-giving truth into somebody's life. You could make an introduction for them. And we introduce people to others all the time. And you could make an introduction to Jesus, who could be their healer, who could be their leader, who could be their savior. You could get an idea in a moment that impacts many lives for all of eternity because you paid attention in that moment. You could ask a question of someone that raises questions in their life and causes them to question things about God. It puts, as someone said, a pebble in their shoe and causes them to think about later. You could listen to someone in a moment in a culture where we don't listen to each other, and you could listen, and you could actually extend care and understanding. You could help somebody feel loved that feels unloved. See, here, here's the lesson. Any moment can start a movement. Any moment, any moment. Write that down. Listen, think about this. Any moment. Any moment can start a movement. It could be this moment. It could be the next moment. It could be two weeks from now or two years from now. But, but if you're paying attention and you're, you're walking with God, God, he's present. He can do the divine. And in this moment, which happened to be filled with pain, which happened to be very public, Jesus got glory through a man who was a sinner who was dying. And he said, Jesus, remember me. And that moment started a movement. Not just for that man, but everybody who's heard the story. See, every moment, whether it's a conversation a question, a comment, time together, that, that moment can be powerful and God can use it to bless someone, to change somebody, to spark a new friendship and that one better relationship can make your life better. Every moment matters because every person matters to God. Every person matters. But you know, I think we miss moments all the time. We were in Orlando in the early part of the week for some church planner meetings I had there, and then we went to Disney at the end of the week, and it was just this epic week that we were so excited about. And uh, in the midst of all the, the chaos and the things that were happening, we, we almost had a tragedy in our family, and thank God he spared us. But we were, uh, were checking in to the hotel we were staying at, and, and we were just hurrying to get everything into the room, and the four kids are running around, and I have to quick get out to a, a meeting with some of the pastors, and, and so I'm, 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 I'm there trying to help. And the kids are coming out and give them, hey, here's sleeping bags and here's the, the suitcases and everything. And um, my youngest daughter, my four-year-old, came out and she wanted to help too. And Jennifer and I are trying to say goodbye. We're trading instructions. Right, okay, so later tonight I'll meet you here and this is what we're going to do. And so, so I hand the sleeping bag to my four-year-old daughter who wanted to help. She saw her brothers helping. And so I give her the sleeping bag and she starts to carry it back into the hotel room. Well, it's just a short walk, like short walk, like so small, and it's just going across the grass into the room, right? And the other three kids are around. We're all right there. We're watching them. We're, we're trying to be very observant and careful with the kids. And we're saying goodbye, a little kiss goodbye. I love you, baby. All right, I'll see you later. I hop in the car. I'm trying to make it, figure out directions and get there on time. I pull out. Three minutes later, I'm just down the road, 
driving down, I drive, and I, I get a phone call from Jennifer. I'm like, okay, what's, what's, hey, what's, what's going on, babe? And she's like, I can't find Macy. And I'm like, well, she was just right there. And, and, and I'm like, did you check the closet in the room? Because she was hiding in there early. She's like, no, she's not there. I'm turning the car around, heading back. And she's like, Brent, I can't find her. I'm like, I'll, I'll be right there. I hang up. She's looking. All, all the kids, other three kids are looking for Macy. We can't find our little, little, little daughter. And we have no idea where she is. I pull up just in time to see that she had apparently walked up to the, the door where our, our room was staying. And it was like this building where all the, all the doors around, that we were on the first floor, and all, all, the, all the rooms, they looked the same from the outside, right? Well, the door had shut. So the kids, other kids had gone in. The doors had shut. And so she probably saw a shut door and just kept walking, thinking she was going to find the open door. And we were saying goodbye and unloading. So we didn't even realize that she didn't actually get in the room with the other kids. And we were always watching so carefully. Don't know how it happened. But, but she just kept walking. And she walked all the way around that entire building. And I pull up right as mom and daughter are meeting. And, and she's got tears in her eyes. She's still holding that, 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 uh, that, that, uh, um, that sleeping bag. And just the tears streaming down her little four-year-old face. And just to think that moment that we almost missed, that it, was, it could have just been devastating. And, and there's mother and daughter hugging and crying. I'm like, God, thank you. Wow. And just, it was just a little moment. I mean, I was like enough to say goodbye. And, like, and we just... Just one moment, right? And, and it's like, how many moments do you and I miss? You know, where that, that person that you work next to, that's like going, their, their lives have fallen apart. And you have the answer. You have Jesus. <laughs> and you have what they need. The cure for their cancer, which is sin, you have it. You know about it. I'm busy. I got stuff going on. I got to check my phone. I got to see what's happening. I got other things going on. And we just miss the moment. It might be someone that lives in your own home. It might be the person across the street, but, but man, those, moment, they, those moments, they matter, and we miss them all the time, don't we? We miss them. We just turn the head, looking the other way, and Jesus is like, I need you right here. And those moments, they matter. And Jesus on the cross, he's hanging next to these two criminals. And, and, and this, this one criminal, he's dying for his sin. Maybe he's been a sinner his entire life. He's been running from God. He's, you know, he's been around this Jewish community. He's been teaching about God and teaching about things of faith. Maybe he had a bad experience. Maybe he ran from it. Maybe, maybe he, he, he met a, a religious person that turned him off. He's like, I don't want to be a Pharisee. That's, I'm not part of that. You know, he's been praying in public, trying to get attention from people. And they're always talking about money. And they're dressing funny. I, I don't... I, no, that's not me. I'm going to go live my life. I'm going to go have, and he's out stealing whatever he's doing. And this, this thief, he's hanging on a cross next to Jesus, and he finally gets it. He's like, man, my life, all these things I've been chasing, they never fulfill me, never measured up. I, but this guy, he's the real deal, even to the end. He's forgiving. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The people killing them, Jesus is forgiving them. That, that's some strength I don't have. That's something I want to be a part of. He's loving people that are hating on him. And I've seen this guy. I've heard about Jesus. I got you. And will you remember me because I know I'm a sinner, but, but Jesus, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And that moment changed that man's life. It changed his eternity. And every moment matters. You can, be, you can be Jesus. Jesus threw you light to someone around you in any moment, and he can just work through you in unbelievable ways. Sometimes, though, our lives are so full, we miss the moments. But they say that people come into your life for either a reason, for a season, and some for a lifetime. Amen. People are in your life for a reason, right? They're, they're, they're there for a reason, and God wants to use you. And so how, how, how can you invest? How can you care? You know, to me, before we go on to the, the last part of this passage, it's, it's interesting to me that this whole conversation, if you notice, has happened without Jesus participating. So this whole thing has happened. Jesus hasn't said a word. He's just, they're dying, right? And these guys are talking, and one guy's talking smack, and the other one is, you know, standing up for him. And Jesus has said nothing. He's just, they're dying. And I don't think we would blame him 
if he was too preoccupied to listen, if he had not heard anything they said, I mean, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. You and I say that sometimes, like we're busy, like I got the weight of the world on my shoulders. He actually did. <laughs> like he's saying they're dying for the sins of the world. He literally had the sins of the world on his shoulders. If he would have not even, if he would just tuned them out and not even paying attention, I don't think we would blame him. We'd, like, we'd, we'd get it. Like, okay, you're dying for the sins of the world. You don't deserve to be there. But that's not what happened. Right? And we wouldn't have blamed him, too, if, if he would have brought down some thunder on this dude that's talking smack, right? He's like, you know, he's dying. This guy's insulting him, and we don't know what he's saying, but he's insulting Jesus, and Jesus is innocent. So he's dying, and he's God, and he's about to finish his mission. He's at the finish line. He's been so patient with his disciples, and they're bickering over who's better and who's going to be first and, and working with the Pharisees and all their, all their harassment and all their issues and stuff. And, and so he, he made it. He's done. He's Die on the cross, God, you want me to, so I'm done. It's kind of like, you know, like getting that last word in. It might as well just drop a little something on this guy. Oh, yeah, well, I remember that thing you did that you didn't think anyone knew about when you were 17. I hope you like smoke, I hope you like smoke because you're about to, you're about to get some fire. You know, it's like that kind of feeling, you know, like you're about to get some, you're about to get some pain for all those insults. And he could have just, he could have brought it in that guy's, but he didn't. He didn't say anything to him. He didn't defend himself. He didn't like put that guy in his place. He didn't threaten him. He didn't say anything. He just took it. He was patient with him. He just hung there. And then, and then, but listen to what he does say. The man who said, please remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus answered, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. I mean, this, this moment, this, this moment matters. It has significance. And Jesus in this moment, despite him having pain, despite him having problems, Despite this man ridiculing him, he finds a moment to show compassion, to show love, to show grace. When's the last time that you stopped in the middle of a busy week and, and when you were going through a painful time and you just served somebody else? Now, I, I love our 8.30 prayer times. We have some people that come early to set up early in the morning, and we got free services throughout the day. People coming and going, and everybody's kind of, you know, doing their thing. And, but there's some people who say, I'm coming early to set up before all that activity happens that no one else is going to see. It's in the dark sometimes. I'm getting here as early as 7 a.m. Some people are getting there. They're unloading trucks. They're setting up pipe and drape. They're moving desks out of classrooms, hanging pictures on the wall. 500 feet of temporary pipe and drape walls all around this high school to make it a church building on a Sunday morning. And no one sees that. And I love it at 830 because they've been sweating together. And there's like 40, 50 people gathered here. And they lock arms and we pray together. And we say, man, we're a family. And we're doing this so that we can put the welcome mat out in case one person shows up today that doesn't know Jesus, that hasn't been a church or hasn't been a church in a long time, that they'll know that God loves them. And then when our church family comes, that they'll come on in here and they'll know that we care about them. And then other people come in and they have busy things going on and they're like, I'm going to volunteer in the kids ministry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to the first service so I can serve in the second service. Or I'm going to serve first and go to the third one. I'm just, I'm going to make myself available. I'm going to give of myself. And I just think that's where life is. It's like when, when you're busy, when you got stuff going on, you don't have time for it. You say, all right, God, it's not about me. I'm going to come, I'm going to show up, I'm going to give of myself so that one more life can be changed. It's at work when you're busy and you're trying to get out the door and that person's got a crisis and it's like, oh, I don't got time for this. Hey, can I help? Are you okay? Right? It's when you're running out the door to get to something and your kids, like, they need you and they're tugging on you. Like, Man, I got to go. I'm like, hey, how can I help? What, what can I do? Are you going to be okay? All right, all right, I'm going to go. It, it's, it's those moments. I think that's where the kingdom of God is. It's in those moments. It's in those moments that we miss. And here's the lesson in your notes. I think it, there's power in being present. 
There's power in being present. And, and Jesus, he's hanging on the cross, but he's fully present. He's not preoccupied with everything else going on. He's not just thinking about where he's going to I can't wait to get back to heaven. I'm going to get back on my throne. I'm going to have a maid. I can't wait. He's dying. He's in pain. And while he's in pain, he's thinking about somebody else's problem. When's the last time you lifted your head up and thought about someone else's problems? And not just your own. Man, we all do this, right? We do this all the time. And I'm feeling conviction as I'm writing this message. Like, man, I, I'm missing so many moments, God. I'm missing the moments. There's so many moments that, that I can't imagine how many I've overlooked that I didn't even think about. Can we be more present? Can we care more? Can we look in the eyes of people more like God sees them and care about them? There's just power in being present. During each service of this 11-week revival, Mordecai Ham, he invited people to come forward and receive Christ. And it was November 1st, 1934, six days before his 16th birthday. Billy's sitting there with everybody else, and he's hearing this invitation and to come give your life to Jesus. And he finally responded. And he said, literally, and I quote, I felt like as if I had lead weights attached to my feet as I, as I was going forward. His 15-year-old coming forward, imagine, I mean, little Billy coming forward, giving his life to Christ. Would one day see tens of millions of people come, give their lives to Christ in the same scenario. And he came forward, but interestingly, in the, in the months that followed, he grew in his faith, and he shyly started sharing his faith with other people, just telling his story. He wrote our weekly email this week, and I just titled it, Tell It Like It Is. It's just sharing your story. It's, you don't need a ministry degree. You don't need to have in-depth theological classes to start, start witnessing to people. Just tell your story. He just started telling his story very shyly at first. Then a friend of, uh, of the family, a guy named Jimmy Johnson, who was an evangelist, came and stayed at the Graham household. And Billy got to know him, and, and Jimmy Johnson invited Billy to go to a jail where he was going to be sharing Christ at this jail. And Billy went along with him, and almost as a joke, it was in part, they say, as a joke, this guy turned to Billy at the jail, and he said, Billy's here. He's recently gave his life to Christ. He's going to share a little bit of why he believes in Jesus. It was Billy's first time to preach there in that jail cell, never done it before. And so he very... Uh, awkwardly started to talk and he'd only seen these evangelists that would come through town he didn't really know how to do it and and he said this really awkward inappropriate statement in the jail because he'd heard every other evangelist say it as they got up to speak and he'd say I'm, I'm so glad that you're here today <laughs> and it's like okay well that's maybe not appropriate because it's not good that you're here but at least you're here and and he went on and he stumbled through his words and and he, and he felt at the end that he did such a bad job he's like I'm not meant to be a preacher but God was working in his life and in that moment. And the prisoners, although they looked uninterested and although he felt like God wasn't using him, Billy went on to preach the good news of Jesus Christ in his 99 years on earth in person to nearly 215 million people in 185 countries. But that was God. And that was because one person, Albert McMacken, invited Billy. It was because one person, Vernon, prayed for Billy. It was because one evangelist sacrificed what he had going on to come to Charlotte and preach the gospel of Jesus in, in that moment. So it's all these moments that made an impact on the millions. And a lot of people think about the millions or the, the, the big picture and, and the, the world. And, man, I, I can't impact the world. What could God do through me? And it was one invitation that someone gave to a friend of theirs. Hey, you can even drive my dairy truck. And then, come on, man, just come with me. Come see this guy. And he came. And that's so powerful. And I just can't help thinking about, man, Easter's coming up the first week of April. And what if you had somebody sitting next to you? You worship a little different when you have somebody sitting next to you that doesn't know Jesus, that you've invited, that you've taken the risk, and you've, you've reached out to, and they show up. And you're just, you're praying different because you're not just thinking about, when am I getting out of this? You're like, God, please, they, they need to hear about your grace today. 
God, I need a breakthrough. You're praying, God, please help them to hear this right now. Like this, I'm so God. God, they made it. Thank you. And it might, it might be that you invite them this year and they don't come, but then they come at Christmas. But it's, it's like, man, just, just sharing your story. And maybe they never walk through the doors of the church, but they see a believer who is real and genuine, and you didn't push them, you didn't pressure them, you're not trying to sell them anything. You're just saying, listen, I'm going to tell you what God's doing in my life. And then maybe at the end of their life, like this criminal who's hanging on the cross, maybe they see and experience Jesus at the end, and they think about you, that one person that impacted me, and they were different. And they, they had the love of God in them, and so then their life has changed and their eternity has changed because of what God did through you, the seed that was planted. I'm just, I'm just saying, what could God do in the moments? There's such power in being present. And, and you know, I, I'll, I'll close with this final part of the story. If I could turn a page over to chapter 24. And Luke, after the resurrection, Jesus is walking down a road with some of his followers that knew him previously before the resurrection, but they remember they all thought he was dead. So they're not looking for Jesus, right? If, if, if something is gone, you're not looking for it. You know it's gone. If you lose something around your house and you think it's still there, you're going to look until you find it. But, I mean, if you left it in another state, you're not looking for it. And so Jesus had died. They're not looking for him. They're walking down a road, and he's right there, and supernaturally God made it to where they, they didn't even recognize him. He's walking. There's this whole story. You can read about it. They're walking with Jesus. They don't even know it's him. He's resurrected from the grave. And then this happens, Luke 24, verse 31. This is so powerful. It says, then their eyes were opened. And they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they would have other interactions with Jesus, but I think about this moment of that Jesus was right there, and they didn't recognize him, but then their eyes were opened. And you know, that's really my prayer for us today as we conclude this teaching series, not alone, is that your eyes will be open that Jesus is present. When you wake up on Monday morning, I know it's hard to get back in the grind, <laughs> and you're, you're working, and you're putting it all out there, and it, you're going, and it's crazy sometimes, but man, you're not alone. In those moments when you, when you put your head on your pillow at night, and it feels like you're alone, you're not alone. Jesus is present. Just, oh, my prayer is that your eyes will be open to that. You're not alone. But my prayer is also that your eyes will be open, that, that Jesus is not only with you, but he's present and powerful in your life, and that even in the midst of your problems, even in the midst of your pain, God wants to use you in those moments to impact lives, to change people. Here's the final lesson. Jesus is present in every moment. He's there. He's powerful. He's going to work through you. He's going to use you. If you'll make yourself available to him, God will use you. Next Sunday, I'm so excited. Um, Pastor Chip Henderson is going to be with us. He's He's a, a mentor of mine, and uh, he's pastoring the largest church in Mississippi. He's a great Bible teacher, great man of God, leads a dynamic church. He's, he's an unbelievable man of God. And his prayer life and who he is as a person, him and his wife, Christy, are going to be here, and he's going to teach. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be sitting right here listening and taking notes. It's going to be an awesome week. I can't wait for you to meet him and hear from him. Speak so much truth into my life. I love learning from him. And maybe that will be the moment that will change someone's life. And maybe I can, maybe one of my people that I've been inviting and praying for, maybe they'll show up next week. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll be Easter. <clears throat> maybe it'll some, be something weak in the summer when you don't expect it. But I'm just saying the moments matter. And it's not about just getting, get, getting people in a room. It's about introducing people to Jesus. And that could happen in a, in a weight room, in a workout room. That could happen across a lunch table. But the question is not, can it happen? Is, is it will it happen? Every moment happens, you can make a difference. Before we pray, when we were at Disney, we were taking the monorail back to the bus we were going to take to get back where we needed to stay. And... Um, we had the stroller and the four kids we were hustling to get into the monorail train, but we weren't going to make it in the stroller. It was just, it was too full. And so we kind of held back and we we're going to wait for the next train. 
and a couple, a younger couple came running up, and uh, they're, they're a nice-looking couple, and they, they they're, they're all look like they'd have a fun day at Disney, but they're ready to get out of there kind of thing. And, and they come running up last minute. The, li- the lines have already been, hey, we're done. We'll wait for the next ride. But they try to quick get on last minute. And, and they, they kind of run for the doors. She's ahead of him. She gets in the door. Door shuts behind her. He doesn't get in. We're watching the whole thing. We're like, oh, no. They were, they were, we found out later that they're from China. And so they, they, they couldn't speak the language really well. I'm thinking, man, they're in a different country. Do they know where? It didn't seem like, okay, they're like trying to figure out, okay, well, are, you, are you getting off at the next stop, the third stop? Where are you going? Like, how, how are we going to find each other? She's blinking. You can tell, like, she's, like, about ready to cry. It's like there's nothing you can do. And, and he's there, and this guy comes up that works there, and he's kind of really abrupt, like, you should not have done that, and you, you, make, you, you can't be on it. And so they, they're being separated, and we're watching this whole thing go down, and I just feel, we feel bad for this guy. And he gets on the tram with us the next next monorail that comes by, and he's in the car with us. And we're there, and we, we kind of talk just a little bit. My kids are interacting with him. My boys are talking to this guy, and, and we're just standing there waiting. And we got the stroller, and it's been a long day, and all this. It's late at night, and we're, we're going to leave. And, and, and uh, he's got these little cards that they can give you at Disney. These little cards you can get at each store, and you can hold them up, and they do these special things. And, 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 and my son's really interested, and he's asking questions. He's talking to this guy, and he's like, hey, so did, did you do this, and did you do that, and and, and, and how does it work? And, and he's telling him all about these things, and my son's getting really excited, and, and, and he got so excited about it. And, 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 and this guy notices this little eight-year-old is so interested in these cards, and he's like, do you want some of these cards? And he's like, and my son's like, no, 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 I don't, those are yours. And he's like, no, I, I would love for you to have them. And he's like, no, I don't want He's like, no, I want you to have some. And he gave him some of these cards. And we get to the, the next stop, and I'm, I'm trying to talk to this guy and help him figure out if this is a stop he should get out. I'm like, let's, let's grab the conductor. We figure all that out. We get to the, where we need to go. He gets where he needs to go. Everybody leaves and goes home for the night. We've been at Disney. Their first time ever. We've been talking this up for months. We've been praying about it for years. <laughs> like, we've been, like, so excited. Out of everything we did, all the rides, the food, the fun, time with dad. Come on, family time, right? Out of everything, my son's like, can we go back? I want to get some of those cards. Like, that was just, that's so cool. Like, he's like, he's all, that's the thing he's remembering. He's like, can we go back the next day? He's like, can we go back? Can we just, just go in? I want to get some of those, those cards. He, like, that's his thing he's so excited about. I'm like, that, that guy, he doesn't know. He's off wherever he's going to. He, he impacted some kid. And, and it probably wasn't of something of eternal consequence, but I was thinking, man, that little moment, even in a moment of his pain and his problem and trying to figure out everything and a foreign country and all that, he, he stopped and he had time for a little kid, and that impacted the kid enough that that kid, that his day, that was the thing he remembered. And I just think, you know what, man? How many moments do you and I miss? How many powerful, God-given, divinely appointed, sovereign moments are there where you and I can speak life into people, deposit truth, and God can change lives like he did with that criminal even on the cross? That's our God. That's the power of Jesus to change lives, and we get to be a part of that. Right on. Thanks for joining Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out our website to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song. We hope this gives you time to worship and reflect on what you've just learned. We can move mountains. Your strength surrounding us. We can move mountains. Lord, give us faith.
you do